Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, These are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh stravaganza. Yeah. So without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Miles, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by today's special expert guest. He is the senior researcher of U.S. hate and extremist movements at the Institute for Strategic Dialogue. Uh, To quote Samuel L. Jackson, Mm -hmm. hold on to your butts, because it's the return of Hultamania. (laughs) Welcome back to the show, Jared Hall! Jared! Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I kind of feel like the janitor at the end, like when you go see a concert and all the lights come up and like after those musical renditions. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. uh, Hey. Hey. Oh, oh, hey. Uh, Sweeping up around here. Oh. Don't have to go home, but uh, you really shouldn't stay here. You guys left a lot of little plastic bags on the ground here. Uh, <laughs> all right. well, huh. Another one of those shows, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, Jared? Hey, I'm doing all right. Yeah. Where are you coming to us from? Chicago. Moved here a couple uh, years ago, and uh, it's getting a little cold here, but love this city. Yeah. The old 213? 312. 312. Damn yeah, it. Yeah, that's so close. Hey, it's okay, man. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we only we covered this yesterday. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. But, yo, so, Jared, what's like, because, you know, when we first started the show, we had you on when you were working at like Right Wing Watch. I remember. Yeah, that. yeah. And now, like, you've, there's like a whole lane to be somebody who is so well versed in like extremist semiotics and monitoring extremist movements that, like, I just feel like you're always moving up. And I'm like, this is this is fan. I love the glow up, but it's always on the back of having to have your head in some of the dark shit all the time. But you're doing well otherwise, despite this career path. I just want to make sure because the work you do is fantastic. The work that your colleagues do is fantastic. I could never imagine being this engaged with it, even at the level we do. But but shit, the, the level that like you guys do is completely it's like completely different. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well. I I appreciate all that. It's uh it's really interesting cuz I started doing this kind of stuff full time something like 8 years ago. Right. And I felt like when I was doing it then, I was like the crazy guy on the town square being like, "Hear ye, hear ye. Please pay attention to this shit." <laughs> right. And now it's just like I mean, I guess I'm glad it's recognized, but it is really unfortunate that you know, in the grand scheme of things that it's necessary. Yeah, yeah. But so long as I can help, you know, that's I, I it's like a calling of mine, I guess. And I I don't know. There's 
it's really dark, but then there's like a little bit of gallows humor that keeps me coming back. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> would you say like just kind of having uh, taking a step back would January 6th be the thing that like made sort of the mainstream world take right wing extremism more seriously? Was it was it happening before that? Was it Charlottesville? What What was the kind of overall pattern? I, I mean, I think Charlottesville was sort of the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. And then in 2019, there were a few really, really horrible extremist mass killings. That's when you had like the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting. Right. Christchurch was that year. And then I think for, you know, the normies of the world that still didn't get it somehow. Right. It's kind of hard to think of a more powerful image than, you know, QAnon ants and car dealership uncles radicalized by the internet, you know, right. smashing through the halls of Congress. I think that was pretty hard to, you know, look away from or or write off as like, oh, well, it's just some weird fringe, you know. Yeah, it's, and you're like... And it's right oh, there in your face. That's my fucking uncle. Fuck. <laughs> I, d- I remember how recently it was like such a fringe idea. Like even, even after right-wing extremism was responsible for the Oklahoma City bombing it was just like there was nobody looking into it even after trump got elected like there was still like right just people weren't taking it seriously well, as a threat it's because we have such you know white supremacist reflexes that were right. like them no well, no they they're like nice kids they, just they have khakis on okay right. and they're they're not they don't look that imposing now this group of people with these signs over here i don't know what's yeah. going on it may have to do with their complexion i don't know Mm. But yeah, like I feel like that always has that's always benefited, especially like right wing extremism is their whiteness of or just not whether not being taken seriously or this idea of like, oh, it's nothing. It's just don't worry about that over there kind of shit. Well, I mean, it still does. Right. I mean, I think about like even in the field I work in, which is weird to call it a field now. Right. It's every once in a while you'll catch, you know, after some mass shooting or, or big event in extremism land. A bunch of people trying to offer up all these like different competing theories as to why it happened, whether it's, you know, like economic hardship or whatever. And it's like, right, we, we don't, you know, as a culture, we don't cut this slack or like right. try to, you know, do armchair psychology over other stuff, you know, and it's, right. it's, it's always interesting to me, like where that gets applied, because that's one of those, I think, kind of subtle ways that, you know, living in a culture defined by white supremacy, like comes out even in the field that, you know, is hoping to try to counteract some of that. Right, right, right. Exactly. But how did they grow up, though, these skinhead kids? It's like, well, it it doesn't matter because hold on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let's get to the point here. The point is he's a skinhead now. And that, you know, oh, you hate to see it, don't you? You hate to see it. I feel like that's like what people would say, like in newsrooms, like, ah, you hate to see it. Just these nice kids going. I want to foul, but yeah. What is something from your search history? Oh, God. Okay. So the one thing that really did pop up yesterday when I looked was, is it okay for my two-year-old to want to stay home all the time? (laughs) Right. Oh, like a homebody two-year-old? Yeah, because we're currently like putting her into school and she freaking hates it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I just like, it's just so crazy because when I Google something like that, it's not like I think there's going to be an answer. Right. I really, you know what I'm looking for? And this is so sad. I'm looking for like a message board where I can just connect to someone in a similar situation. And then I just like quickly scan it. And then I close the tab and move on with my life. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is that that sad? Of like, no, Yeah, it's not all bad. Yeah. I think I should be just like texting a friend. Right. Well, do you have just, a, I mean, but I guess it's sometimes our spe- like our questions are so specific to experience. Sometimes we don't have somebody who's been through that exact thing. So I can see why it's sometimes. cleaner to crowdsource friends, Miles. You don't a friend is going to want stuff from you. That's true. But this is you just crowdsource like it. You see you, you cast a wide net, see other people's experience, and then you can just discard them. 
And then mm. you guys don't always get back to me right away. That's so true. that's why for this specific <laughs> one, I didn't really want to text you. I don't interact with people unless it's on my podcast. That's okay. uh, yeah. I see. <laughs> you have to come here with a microphone in front of you. Yeah, I haven't t- spoken to my wife in seven years. <laughs> what I say, I, it's got to be on mic. <laughs> don't, this is content. Babe, this is content, babe. The <laughs> I have a five-year-old. I was fighting this exact battle this very morning, was uh, trying to get him to go to school, and he unbuckled himself as the car started moving oh. and tr- tried to climb into the front seat and be like, I'm not going, I'm not... No, like, I don't think you understand. I'm not wow. going to school. Wait, like, it's like not Trump, happening. Like Trump on January 6th, like, trying to turn the <laughs> Suburban around? Like, you're like, give me the whole of the week. Yeah. Like, yo, get back. Stay back there, sir. What yeah. are you doing? It's very transitory, though. Wow. We, we were over it within five minutes. <laughs> okay, that's good. See, my girl, yeah. she's new to this whole thing. So she's got endurance. Like, I was, they have a little gate on the side of the school. And for, like, 20 minutes, I was, like, peeking through the gate. Yeah. And, like, yeah, she's still going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Still yeah. Get me out of here. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, she's got a really dirty mouth. <laughs> don't touch me you fucking asshole you're like oh my god where did you learn that i'm like sorry honey i gotta go do a podcast <laughs> yeah, sorry very important um you know what you can totally just end this right now and go and go hang out with your daughter if you want this is by, by no means the best thing to be doing no this yeah. is, I, if i get a phone call from from the center i'll have to take it but otherwise you guys yeah. i got my priorities straight okay okay yeah what is something, Brian, that you think is overrated? I think eating healthy is overrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go on. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I get it. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like eating healthy probably makes you feel better. You know, may, probably makes you live longer. But who cares? You're like, here for a good time, not a long time. Here for a good time, not a long time. No, like, I, yeah. Or you're for a long time in a bad time, like yeah, <laughs> with Is brief like moments it, of enjoying junk food. Yeah, or like not yeah, junk food or just like stuff that like if you have two options in front of you, it's like why? Let me have the bad one. Maybe the bad right. one's not even that bad. What are you right. okay? Maybe it's were, like were you recently at a at a crossroads with with food, <laughs> and you had to decide whether like which which you're gonna give in to the demon or the angel on your shoulder. No, I generally oh. eat healthy though. Oh, but <laughs> you seem very healthy. Like that's the thing is like, I, but there are certain people who just have good. Like if I eat unhealthy, unhealthily in the morning, like I'm fucked for like a, a couple hours at least. Like my energy is gonna be all messed up and stuff. Like, but that's just because I'm old, you know, and like my body doesn't work that well. But there's like I, there was some one of like. Good the greatest NFL players in the league was like talking about how he like wakes up and like works out for six hours. And like the only thing he eats at that time is like candy or something. It's just (laughs) like, but his body is just obviously a far superior machine. And it just like, doesn't matter, you know, for him. Like I have to monitor my shit. Like he's just like, no, what? Wait, you have to like pay attention to what you put in your body. Huh. That sucks, man. Just eat a Costco sized tub of red vines while you work out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Are you like, do you need to eat healthily to like feel good or you're just good either way? Yeah. To maintain my physique, I feel like I need to eat healthy. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My ripped physique. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like. No, I just eat healthy because I'm like, you know, trying to like maintain good habits or whatever. Okay. Right. I'm kind of like backtracking on everything I'm saying, but like, but is I it feel be- like, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like when people are like, you know, I junk food last night, I shouldn't have or whatever. It's like you can eat junk food and it's okay. Right. Like you don't have to feel bad about it. I feel like there's like a built-in shame with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How much is my how much of it is in my head versus like actually like me eating junk food makes me makes my body work worse? Or is it just like a shame spiral where I'm eating badly and feeling badly and therefore eating badly again? And (laughs) then it shows up on my hips. (laughs) 
as long as you don't walk into a McDonald's and the first thing that the staff says is, yo, he's back, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> then I feel like you're probably okay. But what, what's your, what's your, if you're obviously you're healthy, but what's your guilty pleasure? Like, what are you eating when you go, man, fuck all this health, eating healthy shit. I'm, I'm like, eat I, mine. <laughs> Taco Bell. Okay. Yeah. That's healthy. Taco Bell. Me and that bear have that in common. Yeah. If they have vegetarian options at the place, that's a, that's health food. And you don't have you don't even have to get the vegetarian option. The fact that they offer it means they're thinking about you and they so have you're saying your, Taco yeah. Bell is health food. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They should have it at Erewhon. Right. But they don't because they're cowards. <laughs> that's right. Erewhon <laughs> Blast is like a fruit juice cocktail, basically. It's, uh, <laughs> it's all, all mostly natural. Yeah, mostly, except for the dyes. Yeah. What were you gonna say about Erewhon? I forget. Erewhon's crazy. Erewhon. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron doing Taco Bell would be a game changer, though. I think Can you so. imagine, like, good if it tasted like Taco Bell, but it was like, you know, top tier ingredients. Could that is it possible that I'm always think of like I think it's the chemicals and the lack of nutri- <laughs> like nutrients that gives it that flavor. But I'm open. I'm open to somebody being like, no, this is actually I can give you the turned up, yeah, right. beef culinary zeitgang. Let us know. Like, is there is that possible? Is it possible to just because I know I like there's high end like smash burgers and stuff like that, right? That's like really great right. ingredients and that stuff works out pretty well. But like, can you get what we love about Taco Bell using like all natural, like locally sourced <laughs> ingredients? Yeah, <laughs> I bet there like, is like a TikTok dedicated to that. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Probably. Right? Like, yeah, like like health health junk i but like they have you know they sell like the taco bell seasonings that you could put on ground beef i gotta say when i use like store-bought ground beef with that i'm like yo this shit is this shit tastes Not gross good. like it's, yeah because it's real <laughs> like you know what i mean it's yeah it's yeah. different than the, the shit at taco bell tastes so. too meaty i'm like the fuck is this <laughs> You can like it's not it's not so much the meat is not so much a paste that just gets spread yeah, in exactly. like a layer of paste that yeah. has the memory of like a time that I ate meat so right. le- less than actual pieces of meat in my mouth. Yeah. God talk about so good. I'm also <laughs> I've been I've been craving I've been craving fast food every time I drive by it. It was a, and being reminded of like there was that study that people who live within like a couple blocks of a fast food restaurant generally like have much worse health pro- prospects and prognoses. And yeah, I live right by a Wendy's. Oh, I, I was going would, there a lot. Yeah, Four yeah. times a week, I would say. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Of, that's a lot of no's that you have to get yourself to say, you know, on a yeah. daily basis. That's some real control. Like I can't yeah. honestly, I, I live by a Taco Bell and a McDonald's. God. But I, I, I takes every fiber of my being to stay away from that Taco Bell. So then I end up doing this thing where I'm like, oh, I'll go to the other fast food place. McDonald's Taco is healthy. Bell. Yeah, and yeah, I don't just some stupid shit. But I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not on that. I'm not on that life as much as I used to be. That's for sure. Yeah, you, there needs to be like a somebody that like calls you when you're like about to drive by that place. Like there's a GPS that like knows you're driving by a fast food place and then you get an emergency phone call from a loved one, but it's not real. They're <laughs> right. just like, you gotta get home right now. Yeah. Please. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Trouble. So the baby's you... coughing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so you go home and you ha- you don't even think about it. Yeah. <laughs> what is, uh, what's something you think is underrated? Okay, I am in my 30s and I love staying with my friends in other cities. Like when I travel for comedy, I like, but I'm learning. Like my boyfriend is like, I'm almost 40. I'm getting a hotel room. And I'm like, mm. no, let's stay with friends. We get to like wake up and have breakfast with them and like right. hang out with their kids. And stuff. it's like a sleepover for adults, you know? Yeah. Mm. I love it. I, I think love we need to. Sleepovers, yeah. It's community. It's, you know. I'm the, I've, I kind of, I'm kind of on the side of your boyfriend, but also I like it's it is fun. It's always like it feels good to be like to wake up in like a friend's place and yeah. like just kind of start there. But my whole thing is when I take a shit, I don't want to have people being like, yo, is he still taking a shit? Yeah. Or being like, yo, bro, like there's I, one I bathroom in here. I need, you need no, better I need my own friends, bathroom. Miles. People got to accept you for your shit. It's not even me. It's like for me, like I love I need my own bathroom. 
You know what I mean? No, like, you need I, friends well, who have a Starbucks closer friends. by their house. That's all. <laughs> so they yeah. can go to the Starbucks. I'm yeah, not exactly. Because Star- you're going to light that split. shit up. Yeah. I need my bidet. I need my uh, your, main be- your main bedroom, uh, the bathroom off of that, if I could just uh, borrow that for the afternoon. Yeah, I just Thank like, you. they're sleeping and I'm like <laughs> using you're the- like listing all the ways you're terrible house guests. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using like, their Let me just be disgusting in your home. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, man. I'm just going to utterly fuck up this bathroom. And I'm yeah. sorry. But... I invited 30 of my closest friends to have a chili contest in your home. <laughs> Check you don't mind, I borrowed your wife's bathrobe for the yeah. bubble bath. That and I these guys, to... they're they're real jokesters. We like to put Visine in each other's food and stuff. So we get, <laughs> oh you know, God. get terrible stomach prices. Whatever. Look, yeah. we're going to have a good time. <laughs> we did have friends stay with us when we were living in Santa Monica and our toilet completely like fucked up. <laughs> and so we had to like keep going to the Starbucks like for, that was the only bathroom that was like working. Oh, shit, I've done you, that. Wow. I've done that in someone's home before. Yeah. I have to tell you this story. It's embarrassing as hell. But I was like a kid yeah. and my family was visiting their family friends that they had known in India that they hadn't seen in like decades. And we stayed with them and like I clogged the toilet <laughs> yeah. and it literally caused house damage. Like yeah. it like the, my dad was trying to unclog it and like the seal broke and it leaked and oh, it was like, oh. leaking through the roof. And it was so bad. It was the worst thing <laughs> world oh my god it all came from a small child oh that's amazing (laughs) well at least you were a child it wasn't like you're in your i was like younger yeah i was young yeah i just realized i think your story just made me realize that i had like a formative experience at a halloween party when i was in fourth grade I it saw was, your eyes go black for a yeah, second, and yeah, I was exactly. like, "What is happening in I my like, brain?" Yeah, <laughs> I like warged. Yeah, I warged. Yeah. Into like he turned into body. one of the dead people from the Crossroads video. Reference <laughs> 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 well, everybody like, gets. I remember it was a Halloween party for this girl Daniela, and we was like a costume party. And this was I'm, oh, I'm Daniela pretty sure party will give you IBS. Yo, Daniela, yo, I fucked her bathroom up so bad the toilet was clogged. I could not unclog it. And then, like, the games were starting, so I had to abandon my post and go out there. And then, like, everyone was like, something's wrong with the the next, like, focal point of the party. Like, something's wrong with the toilet. Like, it's breaking. And I was like, oh, shit, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. Right. So I think that. Oh, my God. Thank you. You just knocked a a memory loose. You know what? I'm going to call her. I'm going to call her and work this out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, make couples amends. therapy, but for people whose toilets you fucked You've up. You've clogged, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you like reach like, out to her and you're expecting her to be like, Miles, what are you talking about? That's no problem. And she's, she's like, like Miles, you can't unfuck up that toilet. Okay. Yeah. She's like, you know, my my parents had to move from that house, right? <laughs> <laughs> they got like a divorce. It up. was too yeah. tra- traumatic. <laughs> and she's like, also, why are you bringing this up? Like, we've been friends since then. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> no, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yeah, but to your point, adult sleepovers wonderful can be truly wonderful. You really, it's just like I don't know. It's a unique. Every hotel is like fairly similar, whereas oh, you, yeah. know, you get a completely unique. It's like that part in the rehearsal, the Nathan Fielder show, where he like goes to that house. He's like, there, everything here is like so perfect. You couldn't like recreate this with the greatest work of art. And he's just like looking at the way they like leave their shit around right you know? <laughs> and it's just like that's the most beautiful work of art sometimes it's like yeah. the most authentically yeah, humane like, human thing seeing how people live or like raise their kids or play with their dog like it's yeah. just like being in their life i feel like is more like intimate than like going out to a restaurant and meeting up and all of the conversation winding down at the predicted amount of time right yeah, yeah it's fun it's wild yeah. because on the other uh, on the other side of the coin i love having people stay with me yeah like mm. i love it because then i get to like you know my love languages come out like i'm all about acts of service and shit like that so i start Aww. cooking and doing those kinds of things and so like when you experience that on the other side too that's also a nice way to like kind of remember like that you have a bond with people too so yeah and you're not gonna yeah. get that at the hotel buffet right <laughs> And I do, when I go to their house, I do order room service and demand yeah. it be served to me. Uh, yeah. You're like, there's not even a menu. What do you I'm mean? I'm just dropping towels outside the bedroom door. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, where's the comment box? Yeah. Where where do I leave some feedback? For you, left a, 
You left a post-it note on your door last night before you went to sleep that said two eggs Benedict uh, and espresso. <laughs> what, what was that? That's what I'll have in the morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're going to be sleeping in. So if you could just like kind of bring it in quietly. Yeah, but hushed, hushed, hushed. But bring it in. Like, I don't want it to be cold. So like, let me know it's there, but don't fucking wake me up. They start getting into it. They're like, where's my tip? What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm looking. Yeah, they give me a bill. I'm like, damn, fucking forty seven bucks. The fuck is this? They're like, well, there's a service fee. It's thirty <laughs> percent. All right, let's take a quick break, and mm-hmm. we'll come back and talk about the GOP debate. Ooh. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Visible is the wireless company that makes wireless visible. No hidden fees, no really. Save on wireless with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course, and Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. And we're back. Oh, we're back. Oh, we're back. Mm-hmm. So, Jared, something that your institute has been talking about is sort of some of the opportunism happening from the extreme right. It feels like there are like avowed anti-Semites that are using the current situation in Gaza to like kind of get their message in under the radar to people that are merely trying to learn more about what is happening on the ground. Are you are you seeing a lot of this kind of opportunistic rhetoric happening both on the side of anti-Semitism and then kind of in other ways on the side of Islamophobia? Yeah, definitely. I mean, any kind of like major cultural flashpoint like this is going to be a big like source of opportunism from extremist groups. And on the Extreme right, we've seen, you know, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, you know, all kinds of folks that have these really sort of ingrained anti-Semitic beliefs trying to insert themselves into the conversation. And, you know, they sort of rehearse these talking points for so long. They are absolutely obsessed with Israel and that sort of stuff. So now that that is in the news, you know, I think some of them have been able to 
you know, get on platforms like Twitter or I guess it's X now. Don't even, don't even. And, and, Still Twitter. And, and uh, you know, kind of convey this false sense of authority, right? You know, and, and maybe they get people in by, you know, just kind of sharing news about what's going on or speculation or whatever. Right. And then, you know, if they get people along for the ride, then, you know, that's when the, the real shit comes out. You right. know, this is, and, and these kind of opportunities, you know, I think back to when I started and, you know, I was hanging out on 4chan during the Trump movement and whatever. And, you know, to this day, there's this obsession with like red pilling. Not a lot of people like call it that explicitly anymore, but just seeking these little opportunities to like plant these little seeds and try to take these social movements that have a lot of emotion, you know, that are maybe debated or less clear on facts in some cases, like in this one where there's like both a time zone gap and also just a disparity between like the amount of reporters on the ground that are able to get good information and like have it bounce through and then wind up in a U.S. audience, you know, in that gap, that's where they're trying to to leverage things and, and get people, even if, you know, they're not going to go to like a pro-Palestine protest and walk away with a crowd of 2000 neo-Nazis, you know, they want to at least get some of their, uh, some of their ideas even just slightly more popularized because that has the effect of sanitizing them, right? When they come out, maybe they're a more extreme version of it. But if people are acclimated at the very least, even if they don't totally believe it, it still gives them an advantage in the discourse and like being viewed as legitimate or being viewed as, you know, being reflective of how people secretly really feel right. is, is like the greatest gift in the world to extremists. Because I feel like, who's that? Was that one guy, Benny Johnson? Like, oh, who, clown, clown. Yeah. Like, I felt early on, he was, like, tweeting things that seemingly, like, appeared objective, like, about, like, policies of the Israeli government. And then people were like, dude, this guy is fucking a trash racist. Like, it, like hold on. This, people, this dude that's getting a ton of retweets right now know that this person has, like, his, does not have their head in this for the right reasons. He's purely here to, like, insert himself to get an audience that is eventually going to switch a certain way. But, like, when you when you guys do an analysis, you were obviously, you are saying, like, you were seeing, like, an uptick in both Islamophobic posts and anti-Semitic posts. But you're also very, you're careful to do the thing, which, because right now I feel like we're in this environment where people are conflating Israel with the entire religion of Judaism or right. conflating a call for a ceasefire to be anti-Semitic. But how do you get like, so in that analysis, what were you guys even finding from 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 like what's currently happening? Yeah, so doing analysis over like several platforms on social media, there's no like totally perfect methodology. Sure. So these are like approximations based on like, collections of keywords we put together and then sort of culling and refining, you know, getting the, the trash out of the data and that sort of stuff. But we're seeing increases to the tune of something like 400% or like two and a half time fold when it comes to anti-Semitism. But yeah, we try to be really careful in doing exactly what you just said. You know, people criticizing the government of Israel is not like inherently anti-Semitic, right? So mm -hmm. that should not qualify. And and again, like you said, calling for a ceasefire or, you know, that sort of thing is not necessarily like pro-Hamas. Right. right. I, I think the powers that be like these militaries and stuff, right, would like love for us to just be like at each other's throats, you know, and, and failing to see this like middle humanitarian ground mm -hmm. of being like, what if killing innocent people is bad? Right. Right. Period. Yeah. What you know? if we were just and, against that? Yeah. What if, thing? what if like children didn't have to die indiscriminately? Right. Like right. that's, but you know, in, in these situations that, that sort of headbutt that's happening is just like producing these huge rises in online rhetoric that's like very specifically Islamophobic, very specifically anti Semitic. And those trends are also reflected in some of the early, like, offline data we're seeing. You know, leaders of synagogues getting targeted, people showing up to pro-Palestine protests with weapons, like, just north of Chicago and Skokie, someone showed up with, like, a 
It's like a paintball gun type. It's like a less than lethal gun type thing, but it still managed to like terrorize the crowd and all that, right? So it's, you know, that conversation that's happening online is also reflecting itself in real life. And, you know, if you're a member of either one of these communities, maybe rightfully so, you you would feel a little bit on edge. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure adding to that, the utter lack of moderation on Twitter, it's just like, it's just a free-for-all. And I know you guys are pointing out that there's a 422% rise in the use of anti-Muslim language on X since the start of this. And yeah, like, I, that's why, like, when I first reached out, I was like, I'm really curious to get your perspective on this because I can, I already was seeing, like, at the, the start of this, that there were these, like, people, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know that handle, but for bad reasons. Like, I'm pretty right. sure this person is a scumbag, like, neo-Nazi. And then those just, like, kind of sanitize their avatar to be like, no, oh, I'm wearing a suit. And I have this, like, I have an Israeli and American flag in it, but I'm also doing this, like, really, like, really opportunistic shit. And I can just see how, because of how charged the entire situation is, it must be, like, a ve- like the like extremists must be just, like, rubbing their hands together to be like, oh, we can really take advantage of this in, in either direction, really. Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah. like, if, I mean, if you look at the, you know, explosion of the hospital in Gaza, for example. That was that was like a really good example of the information gap that they're exploiting in this situation where there's reports of this explosion, you know, uh, some initial remarks, both from, you know, government over Gaza and Israel. Newsrooms in the U.S. are trying to figure out what the hell is happening. A few of them fall like flat on their face. A lot of details still aren't clear. But in that gap, you know, which can be several hours, if not days. And, you know, I mean, we don't we still don't have like the most insane. Like if you're taking this position of being like inherently skeptical of like government claims, right? Like as far as hard, concrete, this is one, two, three, what happened? We still don't have that. Right. And that gap is where the opportunity lies for these folks, because they can come in and say, you know, you should listen to me because X, Y, Z. And right. while you're here, I've got all this extra shit to say. Right. And then that's when they're getting sort of their. They're coming in this with ulterior motives. Is right, what I'm right, saying. right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The conflating of anti-Semitism and criticism of the Israeli state is where a lot of these extremists are thriving. And then on the side of Islamophobia, as Miles mentioned, your your organization found a 422% rise in the use of anti-Muslim language on Twitter since the start of the conflict. But it's like it feels a little bit different there because so much of the U.S. government and like mainstream media's official default position, like since 2001, right. has bit, had a lot of Islamophobia ba- baked into it. So like, how are you guys... It, it seems like that this is metastasizing. Islamophobia is metastasizing in real time as this conflict is happening. How, how do you see, how do, how do you kind of track that and, and how are you seeing it change currently? Yeah, so the the numbers are, you know, an analysis of data that we're pulling off platforms using, you know, both third-party tools, tools we have, methodologies we have in-house to do this kind of stuff. But when it comes to, I I think what you're speaking to, Jack, is like the mainstreaming effect of this stuff. Yeah, And that's a lot harder to track. We are like actively at the drawing board on that. Like how can you quantify or like illustrate in a unobjectable way or undisputable way a mainstreaming effect? So... That's kind of a work in progress, but I will say generally to see this kind of stuff also reflected in institutions and from individuals that should know better and have a lot of power and sway in society is totally disappointing. And a lot of research shows that when people in those positions of authority in a society make positive statements, you know, condemning this sort of thing discouraging people from engaging in violence and that sort of stuff, it actually does have an effect on people. Yeah. So it's, to me, when I see that kind of stuff reflected, I just think it's like a forfeiting of a certain moral responsibility that as a leader in a society, I think you should be compelled to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
rather than like yeah, sharing. Yeah, we're seeing people resigning from the New York Times for expressing opposition to the killing of innocent Palestinian people. So, yeah, it's a it's a crazy time. Your organization recently re- released a report about white supremacy 3.0, which got me excited because I thought there might be some crypto that I could purchase involved <laughs> with this because Web 3.0. You know, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Those yeah. prices are low. You got to buy the dip. You know what well, I'm you, saying? You lost so many, you know, you lost so much money on the apes. You know, I, yeah. you, you <laughs> exactly. got to find out. You got to figure out how to make that bad. I yeah, told just, him, I said, there's some racist imagery in that shit too, Jack. I don't know. I said, I'm blind right now. So how am I going to see <laughs> I that got shit? welder's eye, man. I don't <laughs> I know what I bought. Eye, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, this is, it is wild because, yeah, like, seeing this idea of white supremacy, white nationalism 3.0, like was like okay wait so we're we're talking about third wave racism basically so 1.0 being what like skinheads like that era which was that what we call 1.0 so 1 1.0 is yeah kind of the old school before yeah. people started doing pointos um right. I guess. <laughs> yeah beta <laughs> uh yeah. you know the 1.0 or i guess like alt, like alt right 1.0 that would be like the Countercurrents blog, Vidare, Richard Spencer's of the world. Because right. that was like, you know, these kind of like older folks, a lot of them were writers and whatnot. 2.0 would be, you know, sort of like Charlottesville and what happened after that. And a lot of 1.0 types were like part of the 2.0. It's not like these are completely distinct groups right, or right, movements right, right. or whatever. And then like a, a 3.0 now is you know, kind of its own mess. I, I think it maybe makes sense to think of it less in terms of like generations and maybe more in terms of tactics. Right, right. right. Yes. Like, this like is... the version one was all about like propaganda, you know, small groups on local levels, whatever. 2.0 was, you know, that big attempt to go mainstream, really soaking in the internet, using that to full advantage. And then this 3.0 is almost like a little bit of return to form going back to that local model but with like a whole host of baggage that came from like the years before. Right. Because like even the term, right, is coming from their movement. It's not something you guys like yeah, coined yeah. this term. Yeah, it's, it's not like, like we came up. We came yeah, up. Yeah, it's like for their own internal purposes. Like we need a white nationalism 3.0 for lack of a better word. And like for them, the aim is sort of to be able to make this their their ideology basically palatable to normal people is like kind of like a huge part of this 3.0 push right yeah yeah and you know you would think that but actually it's you know our it guy called us and was like hey we've we've got the latest update for white nationalism oh, we have to refresh okay. your computer yeah go 3.0, so. <laughs> i need you to sign on to team viewer now or zendesk yeah. and i'm gonna walk you through is this a scam no but like yeah like it, it feels yeah, like yeah. Like, to your point, like, the tactic now is like, okay, maybe that didn't work. What we really need is to be able to just kind of blend in and seem normal so this becomes an acceptable kind of ideology to subscribe to. And they have very, like, their tactics are different now, too, even for recruiting, right? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, so uh, the report we're talking about is about something called active clubs, which we can talk about in a second. But more generally, in the white supremacist movement and just far-right movements overall, they've kind of realized something that the evangelical right has known for decades, that like any effective organizing in in the last few decades has understood very acutely, which is that winning a national office is hard. Running a candidate for president is hard. You know, uh, even state government positions can be tricky. But school boards, city council, you know, like trying to get a sheriff in, right? like a lot of these are local elections that are won by, you know, in a lot of places, you know, maybe not a Chicago or an L.A. or whatever, but like a, a lot of places in the U.S. can be won with like a, a matter of a few hundred votes. Right. So there's more opportunities to take power there. Right. And then, you know, by harassing these low level governments, and threatening people, showing up at all these meetings, you know, going nuts, creating a hostile environment. A lot of these folks that ran for these local offices didn't sign up for that shit. Right. They don't have resources to, like, be safe when that shit's happening. Right. So a lot of them resign. Like, a lot of election officials on the county level have resigned. 
Uh, yeah. You know, over the last few years, I just saw a report about that recently yeah. about how there's a lot of election officials that are resigning. People are like buckle up for 24 then because this is exactly the kind of situation like extremists want. Yeah, because there's a big opening. Right. And, yeah. if, and if these offices are easier to win, if it's easier to get their policies through, like their dream vote policies or at the very least smacking down policies they don't like, mm-hmm. you know, that if that happens at scale. Then the idea of national candidates of, you know, big organizations starts to become more feasible. Right. It's it's like the most time tested way to gain political power, which is start at the bottom and work your way up. Right. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back. We'll keep talking about this strategy and uh, we'll get into active clubs. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Visible is the wireless company that makes wireless visible. No hidden fees, no really. Save on wireless with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course, and Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. And we're back. We're back. And Amanda Lund, you have a new podcast we mentioned up top. Keys to the Kingdom, by the way, well-named. I don't, I don't often yeah. say that about, about podcasts, but just a perfect name. Oh, thank you. But you're, you are using your background as a Disney Park cast member, as well as a bunch of research and interviews to take people behind the scenes and there's one story that popped onto our radar yep. about people People are apparently pooping all over the park in places they're not supposed to. Yeah. I, it was wild how I, like, when we were putting together stories for the episode, like, this story, like, literally dropped, like, yesterday. <laughs> it's on SFGate. Highly regarded journalistic outlet, by the way. And 
like, uh, so the story is sort of going on a lot of stories that are being shared on Reddit by former cast members mm -hmm. and guests that seem to overlap. So one person posted in like a Disney subreddit, quote, I am in the queue for Rise of the Resistance. Someone let their kid take a dump on the floor and then they just walked out and left it. WTF. Then someone replied, for the skeptics, this actually happened. Fun fact, this was one of three shit-related incidents at Rise today. Less fun fact, I was here for all three of them. Wow. So it sounds like shit like this, and the pun is intended, has also happened on attractions like Flight of Passage at Disney World. Someone said, quote, let's just say that the attraction I work at has what the cast ended up dubbing, quote, the poop hall. Because of the amount of times guests have gone in there and pooped. We even put up a camera and it didn't stop it. Now, I don't know how hyperbolic I mean, it might that have is. encouraged it. But. Yeah. Is, <laughs> is this must be because the lines are long and like perhaps, yes. I, I mean, I'm not surprised. I, I've heard of one instance of this, but it was at Hong Kong Disneyland. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then that was a, a friend told me a story. I think a guest maybe pooped in like a planter yeah okay well, at least um, that's yeah. a planter versus right there in the line for rise that's of the planter i'm good wait are we not supposed to poop in the planter that's fertilizer. Have you been, okay so right. you've been pooping in the planters is that i mean yeah, i yeah. haven't i'm not gonna say like i did it frequently but like i thought that yeah like fertilizer good for the plant let's just say his living room stinks <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do not go Just inside his house. Balancing in the on like yeah. a tiny little but um at like the custodial the custodial staff at Disneyland, they've got stories. Oh, and yeah. we actually this isn't poop related, but we talked to a, a Wall Street journal journalist who had written a story about people spreading ashes. Yeah. And oh, that God. is a super common occurrence in the haunted mansion specifically. Oh, and he here's just like a little tidbit. We talked about this in the last episode of the podcast, but when the custodial notices someone has spread ashes, they call it in over their little walkies as code grandma. Oh my gosh. But then they got in trouble for doing that. So they had to call it like whatever code yeah. cleanup code or G. Yeah, something. <laughs> but, or grand yeah. M code but ashes. It's incredible that like that kind of stuff goes on. And I don't know. I mean, I personally have never even really seen or smelled poop at Disney. Yeah. 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 Well, they want to keep the princesses insulated from that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, they need course. you to just you you know, need to believe the plate. magic. Yeah. So. And now that I say that, it's that's a lie because I did smell a lot of poop. Poopy diapers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Those kids are oh, their diapers. Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm like, is it, it? I get that too. Like, when you have thousands of little kids having to wait in long lines, right? Shit it, happens. There needs, you know? exactly. Like, but there needs, they should have more bathrooms along the path of the line because it's like, I, you know, I was at Disney World less than a year ago and, you know, you are, Waiting for hours, if you don't remember to, like, get your kids, like, get your kid to the bathroom beforehand, like, at, at some point, your four-year-old's going to be like, look, man, it's not, it's not a question of if or when it's happening. <laughs> it's, a, it's a question of where it's happening. <laughs> right. yeah. You got you to bite the bullet and just be like, well, I just waited in a three-hour line for nothing. Right, right, right. Which is fine, but then your kid's going to be, like, upset about having to miss that. But Yeah, and I was curious if it's, like, because there's a lot of stories about adults going to the bathroom, too, so you're like, well, hold on, man, like, what the fuck's going on? It's not just kids. And I don't know if it's, like, are people having some kind of, like, Mariko Aoki phenomenon kind of thing? You know, like, where people who have to, like, go to a bookstore and got to take a dump suddenly? Like, are people just overwhelmed by the Magic Kingdom and, like, their bowels go phantasmic on them? Or like what? what I is think it? you might be honestly. I think you might be onto something. I feel like people are just so excited, right? Right? Yeah. And it, like maybe the clam chowder doesn't help. Not for me. That's what I do to <laughs> avoid. You're just walking around with a bread bowl of clam Dude, just chowder, just housing it, man. Just housing it, and then no eating spoon, the bread bowl. No spoon, like a fucking <laughs> Viking sipping out of my vanquished enemy's skull. Yeah, mm, just, I ugh. love it. And it yeah, looks it's, just as tough as that. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Except just really gross. And people are like, do you have to like slurp that like in line right now in my ear? I'm like, look, it's I haven't been here in a while. But it sounds like the code system like is normal, right? Because like you just said, there's code grandma or whatever. They altered it for spreading ashes. And there's also a code for feces, which is code H for like horse manure. So the custodial staff could clean up any like horse shit like on Main Street. And now they also have human code H for the human variety, which is human hmm. code H is so foreboding. That's like that doesn't make me less curious what's going on. I'm I'm following the employees who are like, we got a human code H over here. We got to like, it sounds like a human tone tune town or something like it. It, or there's like some soylent green thing happening. Yeah, but, that's yeah. that's scary. I bet they clean it up like so efficient efficiently that you like wouldn't even notice. Like I I heard a story that one time at Disney during Christmas, you know, they have those big like Clydesdale horses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the horses like dropped dead, and they put like a little tarp over it, but they don't obviously want just like a dead horse in the middle of Main Street, so they surrounded the horse with Christmas carolers. Oh my gosh. Oh, wait. As like, a way to kind of like distract from nothing like. Nothing to see here. What's behind yeah. that tarp? Shut the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. Just, so I wonder if they'd do the same thing with like a little turd on the ground. If they'd be like, quick, Pinocchio, like go over oh, there yeah. and like do some animation in front of the little right. turd. And put like right. a Mickey hat on it on top of it. Just oh, to be like, it's nothing. Yeah. Because anything is that can be made a magical moment. You know, and that right. is what Disney does best. Yeah. What's more whimsical than a pile of excrement with a Mickey hat? <laughs> I can't think of anything else. <laughs> that would that would pr- probably brighten my day. I wonder, like, do the people who run the show who are like, all right, get me 20 carolers over here and just have them circle the horse carcass and start like that's that's a sort of genius that I feel like. Are, are these people who like what what is your background when you get to that position? Is your background like being a casino pit boss <laughs> or are you are you coming from right. like the world of like, you know, I, I've been involved in many kinetic situations <laughs> in the Middle East, if you know what I'm saying. They're probably coming from the Pentagon. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. The, the Pentagon. Pentagon. It's a yeah. revolving door between the Pentagon and be like controlling, like being the eyes in the sky at Disneyland and Disney uh, World. You would think so, but I think the road to getting like that job is just being a Disney adult yeah, and right. be- believing so heavily in the magic that you will do whatever it takes to protect the magic. Yeah, including if a kid sees the dead horse, that kid needs to go. Because otherwise, exactly. he's going to get out into the world, start talking about it, and he's going to dissipate the magic a little bit. Or what you do is you um, indoctrinate that child and you make sure they have a lifelong career in the company, right? Like, keep your enemies closer. Oh, right, right, right. right. Just absorb them. They're like, hey, kid, we, you got a lot of potential. Don't yeah. waste but it if, out there in the real world. You should you should apply that here in the kingdom. What do you think? But if you ever get the sense that they're turning, you got to you gotta take care of that really quickly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're exactly. like, yeah, and they and they do a thing. They're like, you don't want a bunch of carolers singing around you, right? <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what the fuck? Don't not get enough act, right? End up spread around the haunted mansion, do you? Yeah, yes. you take him over to Tom Sawyer's Island. Yeah, it's like, Just let's take a little boat there. ride. Take a little <laughs> boat ride with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the real grim, so like a mob hit <laughs> on the canoes. You know those canoes that no one goes on. Yeah, it's exactly. like hey, let's let's go on a canoe ride. You want to go fishing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do that. It's interesting too. Like even how like even the design of I didn't realize there are certain parts of the park that are like sort of acknowledging rivers of excrement. Um, which I did not know. <laughs> this is alleged. Allegedly. Where? Allegedly. I, yeah. I haven't heard so this. In Liberty Square, there's an there's an odd brown path that is meant to hearken the 16th century when indoor plumbing didn't exist and represent the river of excrement that would have been flowing when people emptied their chamber pots. So they're like, I don't know if like this is what they're trying to do. Like it's supposed to look like an odd path, but like people with a historic lens is like, that kind of looks like uh, back in the day when people just dumped their poo and pee out in the middle of the street and created a little sewage river. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. The Imagineers are really sick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you sick fucks. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think to your point, like one clinical psychologist explanation behind like public defecation includes anxiety. And I think, you know, kids getting ready to go on a ride or, 
even like adults, I saw some like pretty wild shit happen. Like as an adult got to the front of like the longest line I waited in when I was at Disney World was like the Ratatouille ride. And like there was an adult who like wanted their ride to go like exactly the way they had envisioned it. And so they didn't want to ride with anybody else next to them. And the people had to like kick them off the ride because they were like fighting with them. It was like very, very sad, <laughs> like yeah, upsetting, I, but it's just like too much. People truly snap. And you just also have to imagine like the the amount of people going through Disneyland like on any given day, like their crowd control is so good um, yeah. that you don't even really can't even comprehend how many people are actually around you. And so it's just statistically like some of those people are going to have a tummy ache. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also too, it's kind of like, you know, I I get the anxiety part because it's so fucking expensive to go to Disneyland, Disney World. And if you don't live in Florida or California, like that's an expense. People save a lot of fucking money to take their family to go have this experience and I can just see how that can mount to a point where, yeah, maybe, you know, your your stomach goes goes haywire or a little bit. Or you're like, Fuck, I need to take a shit. But I mean, yeah. it's like I feel like it's the same way, like, right? Like we were talking like earlier, <laughs> like when the show first started, we we're talking about how there's so many fights with parents at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But that's also because they serve alcohol. But a lot of people also point to the fact that a child's birthday coupled with like maybe stressed finances and things like that can create like a high anxiety environment that can just go off at any second. And I've seen recently like clips of like people fucking scrapping at Disneyland too. And you're like, I, I can see how like all of that can come together where it's coming out in like people getting ag- aggressive with each other or maybe just you, rivers shit of shit going, shit yeah. going left. You know? Taking yeah. just a little poop, just squatting in line at Pirate to the Caribbean and just like letting a few drop and yeah. then yeah. moving on your way saying, hey, yeah. it's my numbers up. I'm going to get on this ride. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Money I'm paying. I should be allowed to take a shit in this line. You right. Know what yeah, I'm that's exactly right. right. And I get why, too. Like that, pro- the person you're talking about, Jack, pro- who knows how much money they spent. And like yeah. in their mind, they're like, no, no, no. Y'all motherfuckers owe me this. I'm yeah. doing Ratatouille this fucking way. And you're like, yeah. mm, well, we have like oh, thousands of people in line here. Like we can't really guarantee that. Yeah. And yeah, people want to fucking lose it. But hey, I don't know. You know. And the, like the Disney like business plan has been like I remember we were talking within the last year that like park attendance was down and then it was revealed that was actually part of their plan because they just like charged so much money that people would actually stop coming in such high numbers to the park and like it wouldn't the drop in attendance wouldn't offset the amount of money they were making and it would make it like a better experience for the people there, except, of course, for the people who can't afford it and are like, Jesus, like having a yeah. nervous breakdown because they're realizing like they're putting too much pressure on this moment because they've gone into debt to accomplish it. It's that's crazy. I mean, yeah. if I was a billionaire, like I would just become a Club 33 member and like... <laughs> pay whatever $30,000 a year just to have right. that kind of like no line experience. Yeah. yeah. That's club so, 33. Yeah. That's real. That's a like yeah. club at Disney. That's like mm-hmm. behind the scenes and yeah. but it's invite only. Oh and you yeah. You get beat into it by uh, Mickey Mouse and Pluto. You have to name a bunch of cereals while they right. jump you. Oh, wait, no, that's the proud boys when they <laughs> yeah. jump you in. Sorry. I, I get it mixed up sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I remember like I had a friend who was like, whose family was fully Disney brained as kids. And I remember they, through somebody at their church they went to, got the chance to go and eat at the restaurant and shit. And like, I like for them, it was like ascending to the next level of existence. We're like, we there, dude. Like, you'll never see it. We couldn't take pictures. Da, 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 da. And like, there are there are some pictures on the internet, but apparently those are like totally unauthorized because you're not you're not supposed to have images of yeah. the coveted club. I've yeah. been in. I've done a few special events. All right, you know, and worth it. Worth the thirty grand. Club. I mean, of course, it's amazing. <laughs> there's a full bar. There's a buffet. Ooh, a how, buffet. It, is it how how close is how similar is the vibe to the Eyes Wide Shut party? Oh, in, it's quite. There's quite a bit of overlap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Single icy piano key the whole time you're walking in. Yeah. Just bling, bling, bling. 
A lot of plague doctor masks. All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, it means the world to Miles. He, he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye. something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get, but with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.